Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, Caitlin O'Connell will join us to discuss wild rituals. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science show. Well, in the animal kingdom, the number of interesting behaviors may include rituals, rituals that can teach us about ourselves. Well, joining us today to discuss this very fascinating issue is Dr. Caitlin O'Connell. Dr. O'Connell is a world renowned elephant scientist on the faculty at Harvard Medical School. She's also an associate of the Harvard University Center for the Environment and is the author of the internationally acclaimed The Elephant's Secret Sense, among other award winning books. She has penned the new book, Wild Rituals. 10 Lessons Animals Can Teach Us About Connection, Community, and Ourselves. Dr. O'Connell, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Oh, well, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Fascinating book you've put together here, Wild Rituals, in which you talk about what animals can teach us about ourselves. I'm curious why you decided to put the book together. After studying elephants for 30 years and watching them in the wild and watching many other animals in the wild at the same time, it just strikes me how important rituals are to other social animals. And I thought by putting these juxtapositions together might help us realize how important ritual is in our own lives by seeing how important it is to these other animals. And I think in our own experience, many people are familiar with how happy a dog is to see you and you come in the door and that greeting, that enthusiasm for greeting is very similar in elephants, how thrilled they are to see each other and the ritual surrounding that greeting to let the other one know how excited they are to see them. I thought that it was so striking that we sometimes forget the importance of ritual in our own lives, whether it's greeting or grieving or playing even. Are they particular to certain types of animals? Well, particularly social animals, um, but not just mammals. Uh, birds have uh, many rituals, social rituals, courtship rituals, group rituals, play rituals. Ravens are famous for their play. So it's not just mammals. And one of the points of writing this is to show us how similar we are to all social animals and tend to think of ourselves as being above the animal kingdom when we're really a part of the animal kingdom. And these rituals are something that connect all of us. Is there a commonality then in the brains of the social animals that drives these behaviors? Certainly there is. There are behaviors, even a handshake or a smile, that release oxytocin in the brain, which is a bonding hormone. It's a feel-good hormone. Even between species, if you smile at your dog or gaze at your dog, you both release oxytocin. And so that bonding occurs not just between a mother and child or two people in love or two friends, but also between species. 
it's really striking to take this journey. You know, when I started the book, I was excited about it, but I actually, by the time I finished, realized how much more we are connected with these other animals. And it was a fascinating journey. You know, looking at all these different types of rituals, were any particularly surprising to you? Well, one very striking one is, is grief. Um, there's been a number of books and essays and studies written about how other species grieve. But what struck me the most about it were the examples of how a mother, whether she had a stillbirth or a baby who died, how she carries it with her for so long. And it's something that very terribly sad thing to think about, but it's actually good for people and other social animals to take that time to grieve and that carrying for other species as examples in elephants, chimpanzees, dolphins even, time to just be with that individual in their passing. And sometimes there's examples of chimpanzees carrying their stillborn babies for many, many days. And uh, studies have shown that this actually helps them hormonally get through the grieving period. And so learning about some the depth of, of some of these other species rituals really brought it home to me how important these rituals are and should be to us and hopefully help us engage in those rituals more. One might wonder whether or not any of these rituals have some kind of survival benefit. It does. And and speaking of the survival ritual, something that we've been on all of our minds in recent weeks is the fact that group rituals evolved in humans to help each other be more successful hunters. So anthropologists have, have followed how we form groups and why we need cohesion in our groups. And it really, uh, the thought is that it started when we had these very large animals to hunt and we, there's no way individuals could do that by themselves. So groups would form, hunting parties would form, and there needs to be cooperation, trust, cohesion within these groups. And that's how our group rituals really arose. And that's very similar to lions, wolves, how they coordinate their hunts in lions. Each one has a specific position that they play. And so if you think about group rituals over time, as our populations grew and our groups grew, there was a need to identify individuals within the group. So there's these symbolic rituals that we would engage in in order to bond ourselves more closely within the group. Now, the trick is to how do we have a positive bonding experience to create this cohesion within the group without having a negative feeling towards people outside the group? And we've just saw this event at the Capitol. There's all of these symbols that bring people together and rouse them to action. And those symbols are something that is very important to identify that group. But what it does, it alienates people that are outside the group. And we have a lot of work to do and a lot of introspection to think about what it means to have the benefits of group rituals without the devastating downsides of group rituals. 
Given that this is a deep-seated part of our biology, is there any way around it? What can we do in terms of thinking about the rituals that exist and how they can be better used for cohesion rather than separation? Well, one is to recognize the power of ritual. And it's really like a drug. And, you know, it stimulates endorphins. And we need to understand that power has to be wielded for something positive. And if we have that awareness, we're less likely to go astray. I mean, there's been recent studies that show that if you are inside a group, you actually have negative feelings towards those that are outside your group. And we need to recognize that in our nature and fight against it and be more inclusive in a way that is not negative towards people outside and that you recognize the beauty in the differences in other groups. And that's one of the other reasons I wrote this book is that, you know, an elephant has similar rituals to us, a chimpanzee has similar rituals to us. We all look very different, but we're actually part of the same extended social animal evolution. Hmm. Rituals of renewal, very interesting in, in terms of changing our point of view about we are. Yes, it was an interesting journey to look at renewal rituals and why and how they are important. If you look in, in the animal kingdom, there are many triggers that animals understand the passage of time. And we live in such a technologically driven world that it's easy to close off those triggers. You know, we know when it starts to get dark at night and oh, it's turning into nighttime. But there are many important survival triggers for birds, say, when these days get shorter, that means I have to start building my nest. Or there's many triggers in nature that when we ignore them, it hurts us physiologically that we're not processing the passage of time. And that does us a, a disservice. And so I go through some of the rituals that we have in our cultures and renewal rituals, you know, spring cleaning, everyone's familiar with spring cleaning, but many other species have a spring cleaning element as well. And what kinds of renewal rituals we can re-engage in to find a richer journey in life. Are there differences in terms of physical rituals versus the, the ones that are communicated? Yes, there are many unspoken rituals, and I really have marveled over the elephant's mastery of unspoken rituals. You know, they're such large animals that you don't really think that they're, the way they look at each other might be as important as big physical posturing of a bull marching around in, in full state of hormonal must. But very, very subtle posturing and turning of the head and, and looking gaze is a very subtle unspoken ritual. But has, as I mentioned earlier, a very positive impact on you and the other individual that you're gazing at. But I talk about the power of unspoken rituals, and there's there's been studies on power posing where for an elephant, a male elephant can fluff up and you know hold his shoulders high and really prance, exaggerate his gait. Kind of makes me think of a really testosterone driven male in a boardroom and flinging himself around and you know men and women have these more negative or positive unspoken rituals some very aggressive and some more calm and confident and controlled sitting back and not moving your hands around aggressively just being having the awareness of the kinds of 
unspoken rituals that are sending messages help us to build better relationships and better interactions and more positive outcomes rather than more aggressive ones. Much has been made, for example, with the comparison between chimps and bonobos, the more warlike chimps and the peace-loving bonobos. Oh, yes. Chimps are our closest relatives, and we can learn a lot from even the difference between chimps and bonobos and the choices that are made that bonobos tend to be more, have more peaceful, affiliative solutions rather than aggressive solutions. And they do so many things that are so similar to our own rituals, even to the point of looking each other in the face and kissing on the lips, bonobos do. And that's just so striking. It's a reminder of how close we are to them and and how much we can learn from understanding their societies. It's kind of like a a mirror into our early, our beginnings. Do you think ritual has taken backseat in our technologically driven age or does it maintain some parts of the world more than others? Well, certainly in Asia, there is a lot more reverence surrounding ritual that I think we can learn from. And certainly the pandemic has brought to the forefront the importance of ritual, how much we have lost by not being able to be in person and see each other face to face and and touch each other, not being able to touch each other, not being able to see each other smile because we have to wear masks to protect everyone from getting COVID-19. These very rituals that we have taken for granted, now we really recognize the importance of them and how, how damaging isolation is to us. And I'm hoping that that is going to help us re-engage in ritual when we get out of this situation and, and really make an effort to see each other physically more often and really get the advantages of proximity, touch, smiling, really reforging bonds. You know, what we have now is interacting through a video feed and, you know, we've got our eyes and and you can see each other smiling on camera, uh, but it's just not the same thing as, as being with each other in person. Having examined these rituals in the animal kingdom, having looked at the analogies they have with humans, what, what would you like people to take home thinking about rituals in the animal kingdom? I'm hoping to inspire a reconnection with nature and a sense that we are an extension of this global human society, but also a global social animal society. And hopefully that'll make a difference in how we deal with the environment and climate change and protecting certain species that are really on the brink, like elephants, rhinos, some whale species, and also be more connected to each other and and to oneself. And the renewal ritual chapter really focuses on how to tap into yourself and really clean yourself out from the inside out and feel renewed and then stronger in order to bond with others. We were just talking with Dr. Caitlin O'Connell. Her new book is Wild Rituals, 10 Lessons Animals Can Teach Us About Connection, Community, and Ourselves. Dr. O'Connell, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Well, thanks a lot. It was great, great to talk to you. 
And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.